Hello, everyone, and welcome to David Foster Wallace and Kramit, the only officially unlicensed Imminent Just fan cast. My name is Jared. Uh, with me, as always, is Steve, uh, here to discuss, of course, uh, you know, life, culture, um, you know, a novella selection of our choosing, and, and in tandem, again, of course, uh, David Foster Wallace's seminal classic, Infinite Jest. Steve, how are you this, uh, this fine Monday morning? I'm doing well. I'm ready to get into it, get into the weeds with all the, all the never-ending fun that we're gonna have. I was gonna say, I'm glad. I'm glad you're ready to get into the weeds and have a little fun because off the bat, immediately we're jumping right into what okay. the the mailbag. The mailbag. Yes. Look, we, we have one of those. Of course, of course, oh, we got to check. We check the look. I check the PO box every single day, and just the outpouring of support from all our loyal listeners, all the real heads. You can't beat it. All the little Patreon many, subscribers. How many subscribers we got? Hundreds? Oh, thousands. I mean, look, we are the wow. uh, 10th most popular comedy and literature podcast um, on the Apple Music and Spotify charts. That's we're, incredible. We're up there you. with, oh, man, um, uh, Dax Shepard, an armchair expert. We're behind Joe Rogan in the Joe Rogan experience. We're behind uh, InfoWars oh, with Joe? Alex Jones. We're behind um the daily wire Tom with ben shapiro uh okay i mean look we've we're, we're we're heavyweights in the podcasting industry everyone who listened uh to the 40th uh, episode spectacular last week knows a thing or two about that of course our our good friends and correspondents david del monte um gustavo uh damon money and um abner abner abdeel yeah, but also uh, we're forgetting about uh, who's our friend up in the up in the up in the Yukon. Who's our old Yukon? Oh friend? yes, um, Skib Umnals. Skib, Skib. Yeah, Skib. Yeah. Shout out to Skib, Skib one time. Thank you, thank you so much, Skib, for listening. Thanks, Skib. And you know, um, just just thinking of all of our loyal listeners, it would it would behoove us to check the mailbag. So first off, I just want to say I'm looking at the mailbag right now, and I'm looking at a advertisement for Tom and Jerry the movie coming exclusively to HBO Max. Steve, are you excited for the Tom and Jerry movie? This is a CGI slash live action Tom and Jerry adventure. Let me tell you, Jared, I've never been more excited to see Tom and Jerry in the flesh. And this really is the first time that on the silver screen, we will see Tom and Jerry, not as uh, the beloved cartoon characters they always have been, but rather as uh, as stop motion, uh, as stop motion live action uh animals and i'm 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 so excited you, you know a la Stuart little a la charlotte's web a la um james and the giant homeward, peach homeward bound i would say uh and this this really is going to be the first time uh that we see that on the green screen of hollywood and it really it's going to be incredible uh <clears throat> I, I i can't say much much else about the film we have seen it already we have had the had the pleasure of having a, a pre preview and this is in fact this this show today is sponsored by warner brothers thank and you so, so much wb would, yeah so we really just want to thank them so much the warner brothers family the Hanna barbera family uh everyone involved with the with the creation of this phenomenal classic and we're really looking forward to seeing it on the big screen. And I think it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be the best film of the year. Yeah. Oh, I mean, easy contender for best picture at the Oscars at the the uh, 63rd annual Academy Awards. Um, I would, you know, oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, you mentioned the the live action and stop motion. And as people who have seen the advanced screener, as, you know, insiders of the, the good Warner Brothers family of entertainment products and IPs, mm-hmm. um, it's really exciting because this is the first time this technology has been used, uh, not just in, in the Tom and Jerry IP, but in filmmaking. What they've done is taken real life taxidermied, uh, a real life taxidermied mouse and a real life taxidermied cat, fitted them with the wires and painted them the iconic Tom and Jerry colors, as we know from the original cartoons, the original Looney Tune uh, and, and, and Hanna-Barbera right. Jason type cartoons. And then they animate these sort of, uh, you know, lovable corpses. Uh, alongside right. oh my god I mean who look this is an all-star cast Chloe Grace Moretz Michael Pena Colin Jost Rob Delaney and Ken Jong. oh my god I'm I'm I, I might bust a seam just reading about 
Tom and Jerry, let alone seeing it for the third, fourth, fifth time. Right. And, and what they don't say, what's not on the advertisement as the voice actors is, you know, I know that, and I don't want to get, you know, no, no issues, please, from, uh, from Hanna-Barbera or from the Warner Brothers Looney Tunes Studios. But uh, I'm just going to say it. Is that all right? I need you to I, say it. I think, I think I can tell our fans. It's the voices of Tom and Jerry aren't on that list because Tom is voiced by Robert De Niro, Bob De Niro himself, and Jerry is voiced by Al Pacino. And it just, it's incredible because this really, like I said, this is, this is like nothing we've ever seen yet. It's going to be an incredible film. And Bob, Bob and Al are back at it again. Uh, Award-winning caliber acting, voice acting in this one. It's going to be incredible. And frankly, uh, I think they're going to change. This is another thought of mine. This is from my insiders at, at, in, uh, in Hollywood. They are going to change the award from best picture two best pictures because a film is multiple pictures one after the other and tom and jerry really does show that with the stop motion and the i mean and the live action and the voice acting of 10 10 time oscar winners bob uh, bob de niro and al pacino and it's when you when you hear it before when you hear uh bobby d as as tom deliver that classic tom line you know it's it's, it's me tom it's and then the when best. you hear al pacino's voice going it's me jerry oh i mean again i i i'm 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 gonna have to stand up out of my seat i can oh barely my contain goodness. myself thinking about this it's movie incredible. i can't wait to the second we get off this call i'm getting on the horn with warner brothers and i'm saying we got to go back over to the warner brothers studio and uh, and get another pre-screener copy of this so i can just bust a gut time and time again <laughs> Can I just give the fans a little teaser? I hope this is all right. I did get the green light from Warner Brothers to give them a little teaser of what our first line is. You, you guys want to hear the opening? I'm seeing in the comments, everybody wants to hear the opening. This is incredible. Oh my God, the chat is going crazy right now. This is insane. All right, I'll give you guys the opening. Hi, I'm Tom. And I'm Jerry. And that's how it's going to open. And it's just going to be... I'm telling you, you guys are going to love it. Any fans of film and cinema, uh, independent film, Sundance, it's going to win all the awards. It's going to be at all of them. Yep. It'll and obviously, incredible. I mean, you know, this is the dark and gritty. I mean, it is. Look, it's a, it's fun for the whole family. It's a lighthearted romp, but it is the dark and gritty reboot of the Tom and Jerry franchise. And now everyone who hasn't seen it, look, we know we, we have a lot of industry insiders watching this. And very fortunately, we're not under NDA. So everyone who hasn't seen Tom and Jerry, cover your, whoa, cover your ears, skip ahead 30 right. seconds. Yes, Tom kills Jerry in this one. It finally happens at long last. And boy, oh boy, is it gruesome. Oh my God, I was coming out of my seat. I was applauding in the theater. I couldn't believe the audacity of the good creative people incredible. behind the Tom and Jerry movie. Um, I'll tell you what, Jerry, you know, Jerry's swimming with the fishes because the shoes are made of cement. I mean, exactly. that's all I can say. I'm not going to give any direct spoilers, but I, that is a little teaser. I mean, when we open the Jerry heads out there, when we open on a, a rainy night in New York City, you know, when we walk on, when we enter on Tom, you know, trench coat, fedora, walking through the Bowery, you know, saying the city's changing. Right. It's not the same it as it used to be. To be. Yeah. It ain't easy it ain't being easy a, be a Tomcat. And then, uh, and then, you know, obviously there's like children crying. There's like someone getting mugged in an alleyway. You know, there, there are prostitutes on the street. You know, they're vice, the vice squad. You hear the siren. They're going by. And Tom's going, I got to find me that mouse. Chills. You know Chills. who they got for the soundtrack? Who? Tell me. Miles Davis. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Because there, look, there's nothing that says Tom and Jerry like a little freeform jazz. All the late stuff, too. It's just an incredible film. Um, anyway, thank you so much again to Warner Brothers. Uh, moving on in the mailbag, we have a couple things. So we have a we have a little bit of correspondence from our man in Brazil, uh, Gustavo Rubino Ernesto. But I would also like to look a little bit at some of the uh, business opportunities that we're want to get here on the pod. Obviously, last week for the spectacular, we had the supreme fortune of checking in with our good friend Abner. Um, and it seems like people really responded to that kind of transparency and our willingness to talk about business dealings on the air because we have a number of other business opportunities that have presented themselves to us. First one is from uh, Emily Sweeney. 
uh, wow. Murphy Traore eight at gmail.com. The message says, hello, my name is Emily Sweeney. May I partner with you on a deal? Easy answer, Steve. At the same time, one, two, three. Yes. Yes. Emily Sweeney, thank you so much. And um, our agent will be in contact with you. Um, just let us know, you know, look, just tell us where to sign and how much uh, ganja green we're going to get when we do. All right. Um, any words for Emily, Steve? I just really appreciated Emily Sweeney for, for the, for the contact, for the fantastic business opportunity. Were there any specifics or did it just say? No, it's just that just short and sweet to the point because she's trying Can to you make read it the... one more time. One more time. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hello, my name is Emily Sweeney. May I partner with you on a deal? may i so polite so poised so so courteous I love Thank it. You. and you know what i bet i bet emily is from the british isles because there's just there's just that extra excuse me excuse me governor may i you know mm-hmm. and, and i just love that because every time like you know what i mean if, if you watch the queen's speeches where she gets on the podium and she says you know ow mate may i partner with you in a business do you and I just love it. And it's fantastic. And it's there's just this politeness to it. And we really love that. And we really appreciate that. And so, mm-hmm. frankly, I'm in. You oh, know, yeah. I mean, I, look, this should be a done deal because us as literature lovers, you know, as LLs, as as real heads ourselves, we know Emily Sweeney? More, Sweeney Todd? Or you want to talk about, you want to talk about Brits. You want to talk about classic talk about British classic caricatures. Literature. Oh, my oh, God. Man. Look, I remember. I remember thinking. I remember thinking when uh, I watched the Queen's last speech when they declared the royal family ex Funko collaboration, and uh, and uh, and I was hearing that good British accent, and I thought, man, this is really taking me back to uh, Fleet Street. For those real heads, they know what I'm talking about. Anyway, moving on, we have an email from. We have another email uh, in the business folder. This is from an Adrian Saif. Jay Velasquez at capripole.cdmx.gob.mx. Um, the email reads, and also thank you again, Adrian. The email reads, hello, this is Adrian Saif, the legal practitioner to Katif Oil and Gas Group of Companies. Did you receive the proposal we sent to you via email some days ago? Best regards, Adrian. Adrian, thank you so much for this follow-up email. We believe that you are acting as an emissary on behalf of Abner. And yes, indeed, we received that email. Can't wait to partner with you and Abner. Fantastic. Um, incredible. Thank you so much for following up. That doesn't need much. Um, let's go back. All right. And we have one more. This is from a Mrs. Maureen Hinckley, uh, Mao94 at ebcon.in. I am Maureen Hinckley, and my foundation is donating 550,000 USD to you. Contact us via my email what? at marinehink5 at gmail.com for further details. Best regards. This is Marine Hinkley. Copyright 2021, the Marine Hinkley Foundation. All rights reserved. Oh my this God. This is I incredible. Mean, look, is it, is it 5.1 million? No, but is it a little bit of walking around cash courtesy of the, one more oh, time, the well. Marine Hinkley Foundation. All rights reserved. Wow. The Hinkley Foundation, the Hinkley Group. Look, we all know, we all know and love wow. the Hinkley Group from some of their. This is incredible. Hooray. I mean, for, I'm sorry, one more time, $550,000 USD. I tell you what that does. That's a little bit of walking around money. Okay. Let me just, uh, let me just jump in there, Jared, and just uh, yeah. let people know that uh, we're going to take this. Is, maybe this is a little bit much, but I think we, we're, we're already underway with project, uh, uh, project Greenland, operation, yes. Greenland, operation Greenland and operation Warlord. And, uh, I don't know, Jared. Maybe this is this is too much to discuss on air. But do you think we could uh, we could afford to donate to uh, hundred and ten thousand of our fans? Do you think we could send them in the mail a crisp fiber? I think what it's about think? time. I think. Look, as as we just discussed, you know, we are one of the premier podcasts on on any platform. Um, real heavyweights right. in the industry. Yeah, 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 and we could not have done it without our fans. I mean, when I open up Apple Podcasts and I see that number fourteen reviews, two point eight stars, it's all from the. Fa- Thank you so much to the fans. Incredible. incredible work to to crank incredible. us up like that to bolster our our strength and and our presence online. And you know what? I think if there's anyone deserving of a crisp five spot, it's a couple of the fans. Exactly one hundred and ten thousand of them. I think. Look, 
I, I just so want too. everyone, everyone listening, go ahead and hit our email, David Foster Wallace and and you will receive a crisp $5 bill in the mail. Uh, obviously, uh, you, it is going to be, uh, cash on delivery. Um, you will be paying the shipping on that five spot, but I wouldn't worry about that too much when you got a crisp fiber coming in the mail. Look, it's, you got to spend a little money to make a little money. I wouldn't wow. worry too much about that unless you're over there in your peon mindset. Couldn't be us with Operation Greenland coming to a rich and fulfilling head in the coming days. Again, thank you so this much, Maureen incredible. Hinkley. Um, oh, should, man. It's just great to it's just great to give back to the fans. You know what I mean? I mean, speaking of the fans, look, we've had a, we've had a lot of fun in the business chat um reading our, our business emails and and exploring all the many ways in which we're going to acquire and spend this money uh i mean look i talked about the royal family funko collaboration i can tell you right now i can't wait to get that uh prince henry prince no harry Meghan markle uh i can't wait to get i can't wait to get the that vintage uh princess die funko um have that bobbling around on my desk maybe they'll even have the the dodi uh I'll, I'll, uh maybe they'll even have the dodi one <laughs> Um, who are you, who are you Al, Alistair Crowley or something? Isn't he in? Hold on, hold on. Isn't he in the uh, royal family, Alistair Crowley? Hold, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Dodi Al-Fayed, there we go. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll absolutely be getting those, those Funkos in the mail. I mean, look, at $1,000 a piece, even that 550 is going to get me plenty of Funko. And even more so if we're talking about the 5.1. And, uh, you know... Right. Look, we are we've discussed at length my Funko, the Doctor Who Funko, all my Marvel Funko. Right. Can't wait to get more. Anyway, um, speaking of the fans, just a, a, a Who head and a Marvel head. I tell you, I'm sort of I'm sort of a look. I'm I may be sort of a Whovian, and I, I tell you what, I might even be uh, sort of a, a real a real Marvel aficionado. I may be I may be going uh, getting a touch of the Marvel madness. Um. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and check the fan mail. Um, this is an email that came to us six days ago, February 23rd, from Gustavo Rubino Ernesto. Subject line, I am dead to you, question mark. What? The email, the email reads, Dear Stephen Wellsome and the other guy, how are you, Mr. Wellsome? I hope you are well, but I have to address an unfortunate issue from the last pod. The other guy, whose name is, quote, not worth saying, said, Gustavo, you are dead to me. Dear Wellsome, thanks for the apology, but that sentence from the other is stuck in my mind. I can't take it. It hurts too damn much. I hope my depression doesn't kick in this week. Hashtag pray for Gustavo. <laughs> now, we will absolutely be praying for Gustavo. Uh, everyone, you know, Trend. prayers up. Prayers up. Send positive vibes to Brazil for the man in Brazil, Gustavo Ernesto. We need um, to get this trending on all on all social media websites. Pray for Gustavo. I can already see the chat going crazy with the Pray for Gustavo. We will be doing the uh, first annual Gustavo Ernesto Memorial Fund with our 42nd episode next week. And we can't wait for everyone to tune into that telethon. In the meantime, Gustavo, our man in Brazil, why don't you just go ahead in, in you know, we hope for your speedy recovery. Why don't you kick back with a little, uh, a little sip of uh, cachaça, uh, the national beverage, the national liquor of Brazil. And uh, enjoy yourself a little bit of that sugar cane spirit. Um, maybe even make yourself a little. Uh, what's it called? Caipirinha, a little, Caipirinha. a little, a little beach type cocktail. Go crazy. Caipirinha. Um, maybe, maybe enjoy, indulge in uh, yet another local flavor. Uh, again, everyone. Hashtag uh, prayer, prayer for Gustavo. Um, we wish you a speedy recovery. We appreciate you, Gustavo. He'll be, you know. You know what? I, I I already know he's gonna be freaking out over the, the new Tom and Jerry special because I he's not only one of the biggest uh, Bob De Niro fans I know of, he's also one of the biggest Al Pacini fans that I know of, and oh, he's he's gonna be freaking out over this new Tom and Jerry special. So uh, hopefully hopefully during his recovery he can take a look at that. Uh, Gustavo, all the best. Check check that out. Tom and Jerry starring Bob De Niro. And uh, we wish you the best. We wish you the best of recoveries. Um, appreciate the contact. I mean, you know, and it's just such a, it's an unfortunate circumstance, but it is a very lovely bit of coalescence, uh, considering that our Warner Brothers collaboration, our insider information provided to us by Warner Brothers regarding the Tom and Jerry movie was part of a long going effort that we've been uh, working towards with uh, Hollywood at large, Warner Brothers Universal. 
and of course the national suicide awareness campaign. Um, and you know, of course we have Gustavo, you know, in such a, a vulnerable state saying, you know, I can't take it. You know, it hurts too damn much. I hope my depression doesn't kick in this week. And you know, Gustavo, we hope it doesn't as well. Uh, obviously as part of this partnership, you know, we're, we're hoping to raise awareness of Tom and Jerry in tandem with raising awareness of uh, suicide de- uh, prevention. And, uh, you know, just prayers up, watch a little of that Tom and Jerry, you know, boost your spirits, you know, know that it's going to be okay. Know that there are people out there who are worried about you. You have 20, 30 million grommet heads out there who are all praying for you and sending you positive vibes. Uh, prayers up for Gustavo. You want to talk about Beckett? Yeah, we can get into it. You looking something up? Yeah. What are you looking up? Oh, just the latest details on uh, the uh, voice cast of the new Tom and Jerry by Warner Brothers. Oh, walk me through it. We, you know, we already got some of the heavy hitters. Let's. Uh, who else we got in there? I've got uh, Robert De Niro. So that's the good old Bob, Bobby D. Mm-hmm. Uh, AP, Ali P. Of course. That's, uh, that's Al Pacino. Let's see. How else we got them? I just I was on I was on uh, uh, Bob De Niro's Wikipedia page. Sorry about that. So Bill Hanna is going to reprise his role as a character named Jeff, and Joe Barbera is going to reprise his role as the character named Chef. So I assume that's going to be. I think that's probably going to be a callback to one of the classic episodes. I think probably the Chef's episode. Yeah, where they're they're running around getting into all sorts of mischief in the kitchen. I think that was one of the classic Hanna Barbera crossovers, much like we had Scooby Doo and the Harlem Globetrotters. This was Tom and Jerry and right. Jeff and Chef. Right. Um, you know, it seems in, like in it. too many cooks in the kitchen. Too many cooks will spoil the broth. You know, that's what they say. And uh, yeah, we'll have to see. It'll be very interesting to see it play out in real time. But yeah, Bill Hanna and Joe Barbera. Uh, Billy H is going to be back, uh, back in the studio, back in the booth. I what guess. I really love about Tom it's and Jerry is is bringing, of course, you know, obviously the pioneering pioneering filmmaking techniques, but bringing the classic Tom and Jerry characters to a New York setting. You know, a right. real Big Apple movie. You know, right. And there's nothing I love more. Then, uh, you know, a rainy New York City street, you know, uh, I'm walking here, get a, you know, get yourself a pipe and hot slice, get yourself one of those coffee cups, those blue coffee cups with the the Greek, uh, you know, sort of sort of uh, iconography, really go nuts. You know what I'm talking about? Here are these. No, here, hold on. Let me pull it up. Uh, Guys, if you're if you're there in the in and you've got your email open, send us an email if you if you can give us any uh, Info, inside info, first of all, about the Warner Brothers Tom and Jerry movie. Thanks again to Warner Brothers for sponsoring this episode. Or uh, Greek iconography on New York City memorabilia. Any of the New Yorkers out there, please send us a message. First of all, to tell us, hi, what's your local flavor? Uh, You know, I would expect maybe the deep dish. Oh, there you go. You never seen this before? Deep dish pie, deep dish pizza pie, famous to New York. Uh, New York City. Huh. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like a takeaway cup. It's like a paper cup. It's a it's like a Dixie cup. Oh, you can get it on a mug. Oh, that's the other thing. Anyone listening out there, uh, shoot us an email at David Foster Wallace and Gromit if you're ready for us to start making that good merch, or if you want to send us some custom David Foster Wallace and Gromit paraphernalia that you've made for yourself and your friends. Of course, all the real heads out there have. Um, I think we're looking at mugs. <laughs> We're looking at uh, ball caps with the little propeller on the top. Oh, yeah. We're looking at tote bags. We're looking at custom Air Force One Nike tennis shoes. Definitely. Uh, in that classic, in the in the blue and green David Foster Wallace and Gromit colorway with our faces printed on the tongue. You know what I want? I want, I want uh, David Foster Wallace and Gromit plush. Wouldn't mind a couple of Funkos in there. That wouldn't be bad. You know? I, want, I want a Funko size me. But then I also want the regular size plush. I want it to be a, a photorealistic yeah. human size 3D plush. So, or maybe a body pillow. Maybe the David Foster Wallace ground <laughs> body pillow. 
where it's Definitely. it's it's me kind of leaning on my leaning on my fist and being like, hey, you know what's up? What's going on? Oh, are we getting oh are we getting ready for bed? That's that's insane. And you know what? That would probably be uh that would probably be a bestseller, frankly. Much like my ideas, which is I I wouldn't mind a David Foster Wallace and Gromit uh, T-shirt. Uh, someone someone's got to Photoshop our faces on the Tom and Jerry in one of the classic scenes. You know, yes. I would love that. I would just love to see our faces on on uh, you know as the classic cartoon characters Tom and Jerry, or uh, like I said, a Funko, maybe a bobblehead. Yep. You know. Um, well, I guess I I have to wonder when they're gonna. Uh, mass produce our bobblehead for the Mariners ex David Foster Wallace and Gromit giveaway night that we did back in 2018. Yeah, I guess I didn't think of that. They did tell us that. Do you think that was a ruse by the market? No, no, no. I mean, I happen to have, you know, somewhere. I mean, look, I got all these thousands of Funkos. I got one of them around here. I got one of them around here somewhere. Uh, You know, classic away game jersey, you know, little hard top baseball helmet on, you know. Why would it be the away game jersey if they're giving it away at Safeco? No, mine's the away game jersey. Yours is the home jersey. Ah, yes, see, yes, yes, yes. Nobody you got to collect them, them both. To me. Nobody mailed them to me. So I got that nice gray. Oh, that, no, you got the gray because you're the away team. Yeah, I got, I got the, the nice team. gray. I mean, I was there to throw out the first pitch. Yeah, you just, I guess, overslept. You weren't there for the uh, the big not. promotional event. I was there in the, I was in the owner's box. I was enjoying all the free hot dogs, chicken tenders, garlic fries, Kid Valley type burgers. Yeah. I was really having with time Joe Pesci. Mm-hmm. You're up there with Joe Pesci and all the other famous Mariners fans. Well, I mean, look, this is how that this is how our Warner Brothers collaboration came to be. I was up there with Bobby D and Al Pacino. Ah, are they are they Mariners heads? Of course, everyone is. World They're- famous, world renowned baseball club, the Seattle Mariners. Golly. Actually, uh, this this came out in a poll recently, and that is that uh, the Seattle Mariners historically are, uh, in terms of baseball history, MLB history, the Mariners are the greatest team uh, in history so far in terms yeah. of winning percentage, in terms of playoff appearances, and in terms of World Series wins. The Mariners are the top. So uh, they're the cream of the crop when it comes to baseball, and we really appreciate everything they've done. Uh, and I just wanted to thank T-Mobile for for sponsoring this episode. And this was part of your recent publication as as a part time statistician. You were the one that that published and and uh, and exactly. sort of disseminated this data. Yeah. Exactly. Well, of course, I mean, due to the the T-Mobile. I didn't necessarily want to promote my own work. Well, you know, you have. I mean, look, T T-Mobile is obviously sponsoring this segment. They sponsored your work. They paid you the. I would say, you know, not to be rude to T-Mobile, but the rather conservative, rather stingy, uh, you know, lab grant of, uh, I mean, come on, look, compared to Abner, a paltry 1 million, that paltry 1 million that you hit the lab with to gather this data. And of course, this is a 10-year project. I mean, you've been working on this for some time. Uh, a lot I've of been working on this effectively my entire life. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we like to keep things a little close to the chest in terms of what we do in our personal life outside of the pod, outside of our incredible engagement with the fans and our corporate sponsorship opportunities. A lot of people don't realize that Steve, of course, is a Nobel Prize winning stati- statistician, uh, has been. Well, I wouldn't be so one, modest. One day, one day. Well, one day, maybe one day, two-time winner. And, uh, and of course, I, you know, uh, sort of a bohemian layabout international authorio, like I said, before we were sure. recording, I was talking about sort of my ambassador status uh, as to the UN as a uh, global citizen of the earth. No global citizen of planet fitness, sort of an extraterrestrial. Yes, yes, yes. And that's the thing, you know, in my day to day life. Appreciate that. And it's tough, you know, it's tough being a global citizen. It's tough being an ambassador to the UN on behalf of planet fitness, you know, you face obviously a lot of xenophobia, being an outsider like that, being someone from a, being, you know, effectively an alien, you know, in these governmental parliamentary proceedings, uh, you know, ambassador right. of Planet Fitness. But uh, it's something I have to do. It's something I choose to do. Um, you know, it's something I enjoy doing. And I hope, and I hope, you know, that we've curated just an, and, you know, I, I say, I hope, I know we've curated an incredible group of listeners, incredible group of real heads who are in not only staunch support of Planet Fitness, uh, but of everything that we do under the vast uh, DFWAG Industries LLC uh, umbrella. And thank you again to the fans. Thank you again. Sponsored by Lockheed Martin. Yeah, Lockheed Martin, I just to tell Abner. 
I just wanted to really quickly let people know about baseballstats.com. It's something to check out. It's something I've been working on. And uh, yeah, I mean, it has some of my work there, unfortunately, in academic journals. My publications are getting an average of, uh, well, frankly, zero citations per, per publication. Well, I wouldn't beat yourself no. up about that. You're getting 500, 600 reads. Yeah, but reads, I mean, reads are good. Reads are nice. But really, in, in, in the academic world, especially, especially in the world of baseball stats, baseball statistics, uh, we do really care more about citations, more about, you know, citing your work as a source, as a reputable source for future publications. That is how you build, uh, build some, some semblance of, uh, of trustworthiness in the business, uh, let's right. say. So the baseball statistics game is tricky, obviously. Cutthroat. Uh, very cutthroat very i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of problems uh, you know it's it's uh, it's corrupt in a way there's a lot of bribery at the top and stuff like that so it's hard for it's hard for what started out as independent journalism to to make its way into the world of baseball statistics uh, as i am not uh, i am not a university uh, graduate right so i i don't hold a bachelor's degree in counting and therefore, I don't, you know, have what it takes. They say yeah. to be a statistician in the baseball world, be a true counter. It's tough. And so, but in any case, that's that's maybe a little too personal. Maybe we have to cut that out. Well, but, again, you uh, know, it, you know, prayers up for Gustavo. This is a vulnerable episode. You know, you're more than entitled to a little bit of vulnerability and, uh, you know, uh, disdain yourself. Sure, and that is just it's just. You know, check out baseballstats.com. Check out some of my some of my publications on baseball statistics, and uh, yeah, really, this is this is a, a an arm out to to our, all of our friends listening who are vulnerable. Uh, you know, Gustavo, after these, let's say, latest events propagated by my co-host, uh, not by myself, but in fact by my co-host, who I who I I don't defend his actions. I don't defend the things that he said. However, uh I will not be apologizing for my actions and I will well, continue to defend what I said. Well, I have said that it was over the line. It was out of bounds. You know, and, it's interesting you know, that you're doing baseball, all this now. Let me just finish in the baseball. Oh yeah, world, sure. Yeah. Let me just, let me just let you finish well, in the baseball world. We'd call that a foul ball. You know, so. it's interesting. It's interesting because off the call, you were saying, Hey, you know, you, you went out on a limb there, but obviously, sure. you know, you're, you're saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to put this gently for the listeners out there. You're saying, I don't know who Gustavo is. I don't know who David Del Monte is. I don't know who Damon Money are. I don't know who any of these people are. I'm a little busy getting that ganja green together. I do know Skib. And this, the second we get, well, yeah, of course we all know Skib. No, Skib's joining us in Greenland. Now, here's the thing. Uh, just speaking of, of stats.com, baseballstats.com, um, I have a mirror link to a paper that I published, a co-publication a co with David Del Monte um, called How to Catch a Vibe. And that can be found over there or on its original uh, website. Well, of course you can find it through any sort of collegiate library system. Uh, also on its original um, platform, which is a vibecatchers.org. Uh, or also we have a satellite vibecatchers.edu. And uh, How to Catch a Vibe, last time I checked was somewhere over 20,000 citations. Um, and it's really helped propel this podcast into a more a space of a greater validity and legitimacy um, as people get a better understanding of how I, as a global citizen, uh, a Planet Fitness ambassador, can catch a vibe and how they can maybe follow suit and some in pertinent information and studies done and, and all of our research on how exactly a vibe could be caught, how can one uh, catch a vibe and what exactly it means uh, to catch a vibe in the modern era. This isn't just sure. a contem sure. contemporaneous report. This is something about um, approaching postmodernism as a, and maybe even new sincerity as we do on this podcast regarding vibe catching what's that yeah. well i think no i think that's maybe that's enough of the soapbox let's uh i just i mean the fans well, i, thought, I just truth. thought we were I being mean, vulnerable look, for the prayers up for gustavo special well okay but some people are actually vulnerable about their careers and about their success. Look, I'm okay. sorry that I got 20,000 citations for how to catch a vibe and you can't get a well, citation for your 10 year research study. Us, well, those are okay. That's just a bit far. And those of us in, in stat, statistics and in scientific communities, uh, do, do sometimes, you know, I'm going to say it, do sometimes label this whole, uh, vibe catching thing as pseudoscience. I mean, it's not, 
baseball statistics you can you can actually count you can count to it you know it's numbers all right i get i have my numbers guys are you telling me that i can't quantify and qualify a vibe i'm i'm not saying you can or can't do anything I'm look here's what's going to happen i'm going to go ahead and cut greenland in half you're only getting half no, of greenland now my compound and all my big greenland lizards will be on one side and your compound this. and all your big lizards I will be on the other before that you have to excuse me i've said before that we have to distinguish right pseudoscience from true counting mathematics and statistics Okay. And I've always said the reason, look, you have to be careful. You don't sell out because if you get that many citations, you've stepped on too many people to get to the top. Exactly. All right. And I've told, yeah, but I've told you before that the more, the further you go, the more you're going to have to back it up. And oh, so I can back it up. I'm look, out you know what, Steve, that I'm sorry that I'm science. You're you know going to run into some trouble. You know, I'm sorry that I'm top dog with the statistician shit. I'm sorry that I'm different. I'm sorry that I'm waking up every day, rising, grinding, getting after. It's just a warning. I'm just letting you know. And we shouldn't be doing this in front of the fans. Maybe you should warn yourself. Zero citation ass. How about that? (laughs) This is a live broadcast. Yeah, the chat's going crazy. They're saying prayers up for Gustavo. Right now they're saying prayers up for Steve because you're down bad. I'm sick of it. There are people are going to win the podcast breaks up. People are going to ask me what happened. I'm going to say, he's broke. I'm up. How about that? Anyway, you want to talk about Sam Beckett? Yeah, we can talk about Sam Beckett. You want to, you want to intro our, uh, our reading selection for this week? Of course, in tandem with our um, tireless classic, our, our infinite hours. I mean, look, we did the 40th episode spectacular. Infinite hours of study on David Foster Wallace's seminal classic, Infinite Jest. But of course, this week we also read, Steve? I'm sure you want to write a scientific article on that too. Oh, I already have. Today we read, well, today we 10, read the culminative. Well, we read the culminative this <laughs> We read the culminative this week by Sam Beckett. Yes. And it's basically a story about how, uh, basically how I'm feeling right now. Yeah. And uh, how probably how a lot of us listening are feeling right now. Well, no, people we, listening right now are, are donning well, their prayers up for Stephen shirts. Uh, wow. But also they're donning their, their big foam fingers that say Jared number one. Not all of us can have successful careers, least of all me, apparently. So <laughs> felt a little too earnest. There's <laughs> <laughs> a single tear rolling down your face. It's like, it's a joke. I'm kidding. It's fine. Let's try that again. Let me try that again. Let me uh, give that. Let me give that a take too. Well, wait, why can't I remember the line? Line? Anybody got a line? Yeah, Jamie, can you pull that line up for us? There we go. Thanks, Jamie. Uh, well, not everybody's, not not all of us can be secure about our careers, least of all me. This week we read Sam Beckett. So. And what did we read by Sam Beckett? What did? Cut. <laughs> and scene. All right. You know what? This week we read the Calmative, which is yeah. You hang out for a second. No, no, no. Short fiction by Sam Beckett. I'm standing up now. No, I'm standing up. I'm bossing up. I'm sick of it. No, actually, I gotta go to the bathroom real quick. Can you hold on? (laughs) Okay. Well, that's okay. We don't have to cut anything out. I'll just give him a synopsis. Hey guys. Um, Yeah. Obviously, obviously, we went a little bit off the rails uh, there, and uh, I just wanted to really quickly apologize. I let my Emotions get the better of me when discussing, you know, what I've, what I've been up to and what I've been spending my life's work on. And, you know, it's not always easy. We, I think we all know that. So we rarely reach a, reach a heavy sincerity on the, on the podcast. So it's, you know, tough to, tough to talk about this kind of thing, but that's okay. And sometimes it's all right to get it out there. So now you guys know, uh, again, if you want to get in contact with us, Shoot us an email, and we're always we're always happy to read emails, respond, talk to people, discuss any given subject. So that's just something for you guys to know. <clears throat> Today we talked, uh, or this week rather, we read, <clears throat> sorry, Calmative by Samuel Beckett, one of the one of the more classic Irish literary figures. Uh, in the 
uh, I would say maybe modernist era. Uh, this is a story that teeters a bit on surreal dream-esque scenario. Uh, perhaps it's death, perhaps it's life. Are you talking about the comedive? Yeah, I'm giving a synopsis. What the? F Have you been doing that the whole time in the bathroom? Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. That's what I said. I said I was going to give a synopsis while you were gone so we didn't have to cut anything out. Oh, I'm not cutting anything out no matter what. Well, in any case, no, I just gave a, 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 a bit of a synopsis. Sure, sure, sure. About the basically, the narrator is, is teetering between a dream state and a, and a life before death, uh, life after death, something, an amalgam of, the, of all, right? And uh, we follow him through his childhood memories of his father reading to him from uh, encounters with uh, a couple of figures in very kind of kind of dreamlike settings and dreamlike conversations and uh, and the question of whether or not this is before life, after life, or during life. Right. That's that's I guess the kind of the theme, or at least the feel that you get from the story itself. It's uh, very surreal and very um, very surreal, contradictory and unreliable. As he sort of very I mean, unreliable. Even looking at the title, you know, when he it, the the comative and and looking at his uh, his memory of being read to sleep, just the act of the story that he already knows being told to him, and you kind of get that impression reading the book that he's. He's discussing dreams. He's discussing fantasy. He's discussing, yeah, like maybe uh, he's himself slipping away into the dark, kind of fading in and out of consciousness of reality, but constantly telling himself, illuminating what's happening for the viewer or for the listener, excuse me, or the not listener for the reader, um, to better kind of assuage his own fears and the body horror and the decay mm -hmm. and the constant turmoil that he's under as he's either again either slipping away or having this sort of hellish nightmare it is a very um i would say ultimately very like cynical look at the experience mm. of dying um at yeah. least from his perspective of like oh i can't bear to stand and then i fall again and it's you know this the constant contradictions i think really help kind of convey that point as well when he's like looking at the street and people are you know he tries to find someone there's no one there when he no longer is there public vehicles going around there's no there's no private vehicle there are no people but there's this idea of a collective that is abandoning him or has abandoned him be it yeah. from age or from what have you um what do you think about the comative i mean besides the like confusion and kind of sure. you know inapproachability. I, I will say that i mean the only thing it was missing was uh it was a four-leaf clover and a box of lucky charms because it was about as irish as it gets you know <laughs> okay <clears throat> okay I really like the um, I really like the sequence when the man is trying to sell him a vial. It's impossible to say what's in it, um, yeah. and eventually settles on a kiss for it. Just a little kiss on the forehead. But the narrator's unsure. I mean, he he remembers how to kiss. It's unclear if he has before. In the same way that he's he's asked, you know, do you ever, something about like have you ever had an erection? He's like, I don't know what that is. He's like, your penis. He's like, I don't know what that is. Um, that's a, yeah, that was a bizarre sequence. It's also like I think an interesting. Because he's he's met with a few different stages of people in life. I mean, he's he's confronted by a child who's guided by an old man who's impossible to look at. There's such like horror that befalls him, and then the guy in the street who he asked the time of, and then asked the time of him, and then this older salesman who's saying, "Oh, I'm gonna leave my wife and find a a younger girl who's a little bit plumper," and then right. yeah, kind of goes on about his own sexuality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who, who becomes more of a figment or more of a character as the story progresses? Um, I would say right. on and on, I enjoyed it. Um, who would you say a story like this is for? Well, let me just bring in perhaps a uh, not a comparison, but but more so a relation. This is sort of in 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 the the narrator, the dark narrator. <clears throat> unreliable narrator dark themes type thing it does it does remind me a bit of the blind owl i was gonna say yeah, the, yeah yeah. although the subject matter is is still is different right because the blind owl does go in and out of surreal and real but it does tell a more cohesive 
story. Yeah. There is a narration there. But this this unreliable, unreliable narrator, dark themes, kind of, you know, very, very uh, long-winded description and this type of thing. Reminds me of the blind owl. Yeah. I mean, subject matter it is, you know, it is a lot like I would say the third policeman. This same like somewhere between life and death idea. Mm-hmm. The, the absurdity, right? Like what you described, the absurdity, the guy trying to sell a vial that has something in it. Nobody knows what. You're not supposed to know what. Who knows? Who cares? He just wants to sell him a vial. And then the, the whole, yeah, the, the kiss sequence, the kiss on the forehead sequence, the silly, you know, there's silliness to it in a way. Yeah. So I think this this kind of story is for... Well, first of all, one thing that's that's nice about it is it's reasonably short, you know. Yeah. It's, it's a short story. Any longer However, it might be it is it might be difficult to really yeah. um enjoy. However, it's dense. Yeah. It's dense and bizarre. Yeah. So, it's not really for the for the comedy lover, you know, cuz it's not it's not like Flan O'Brien where it's funny no, where you, it, you actually say right. this is humorous in its absurdity. Uh, and it's not quite for the I know might be more abjectly grotesque and dark. In wait, theme. sorry, you you cut out for a second. Now more so. Wait, wait, wait. You cut out for a second. What were you saying? Oh, after after the Flane O'Brien, what did you say? Yeah, I was saying it's not maybe not quite for the humorous absurdity of a Flan O'Brien lover. And not quite for the horror aspect of like a Poe or, for example, we've read The Blind Owl, where it's more uh, dark and abjectly grotesque, you know, but it's more in between that. You know, it's short, but it's dense. So I think you would like it if, if you like this kind of thing, something that you can actually get through in a day. Uh, but it's it's very abstract in a way, yeah. I think. It's not a direct subject matter. It's not really relational to much. And yeah, I mean, Samuel Beckett, as I know, I haven't read too much uh, by Sam Beckett, but Sam Beckett, I think there's I think there's a lot that I'm missing. I think it, it would be beneficial more to read uh, a larger chunk of Samuel Beckett's stuff for this to fit in place. Well, I think I don't yeah. necessarily know, but I think that's probably beneficial. That's a good thing we got the PDF then. That's got such a large body of work. I I would like right. to agree about the Edgar Allan Poe thing. It's you're right. It's not it's not macabre. You know, it's not spooky. It's not it's not bats flying and little critters. But this is, I would say, absolutely a horror story because mm. it is the closest I've ever read to the depiction of a dream accurately of how you dream, of how people dream, where it's abstract, it's nuanced, it's obfuscated, everything is very opaque, meaning is only really derived by a select few. And even the best dream you could possibly have is always gonna be horrific, not necessarily a nightmare, but it's just the way things move and change. And this is a story that's ultimately, it's not about him, it's taking place potentially while he's dying, but it's not about his death, it's about loneliness, it's about decay and abjection. it's about youth. It's about understanding his body. I mean, it, it really harkens back to like um, the first season of Twin Peaks when Cooper is is uh, on the other side in the Black Lodge, and you're sure. and you're like he's you know his face is all caked in makeup. He's like a hundred years old suddenly, and you move that way, and you really get the sense in this. You feel his movement. That's why I'm saying like body horror. You really feel how decrepit this man has become. You you know the way he speaks to people. He's very ancient, but he might be you know, 60, 70. It's not, it's not about the actual age. It's about him feeling so disconnected from those around him from time. You know, he's no longer, uh, you know, a living being in so much as a, as he's a member of society, you know, he's, uh, he's evolved past that. He's in some sort of despair. I mean, he, you feel the weight of everything around him, of the darkness of the night, you know, it's, it's beyond him walking around and feeling that sort of emptiness. It's really embodying it and being oppressed by it. Um, Mm. And I think that's why I'm saying, you know, it's nothing scary necessarily happens, but it is absolutely horrific. 
Um, and yeah, I would say the kind of person that would like this is someone okay. who would like the blind owl or I, I can't believe it evades me. What was that story we read? Like towards the beginning of the pod, it was um, the one where the guy's buried in his own coffin and he can like hear the world around him. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where he could like feel the rain hitting the coffin. He's like buried in the middle of town. It's not Chronicle of a Death Foretold. It was, oh, it was um, Pedro Paramo. Is it? Is it Pedro Paramo? I think it is. I think that's what I'm thinking of. It's, it, you know again, what this is? It's, yeah. magic re it's magical realism, but this definitely has that same kind of feeling to it of like, um, it's impossible to say if he's living or dying, if he's dreaming, where he is, but he's sort of drifting through it. And to him, it is reality wherever that might be even if he's exploring his own memory it is reality hmm. and i think it is pedro it is yeah pedro parma that was november 6th 2017 we read that wow um but yeah no i mean i think i would definitely recommend this to someone who likes a little magic realism or something with that kind of spook to it you know sure especially since it's since it's accessible and i think also maybe one of the more known authors yeah. Not not necessarily not to say that we don't read known authors. We do. It, by and large, we read fairly fairly out there authors. But Samuel Beckett, I think, is is reasonably famous. Household in, name, but I don't think he's, people he's have more read... of a household name in in academia. Yeah. Outside yeah. of Waiting for Godot, maybe people haven't read too much. Mm -hmm. Neither have I, to be fair. But oh yeah, no, me neither. This is this is <clears> like the first uh, first uh, certainly the first like um, what do you call it narrative fiction he wrote prose he wrote. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, this is it's accessible and it's and it's a reasonably short story. And I think a lot of the short fiction is short, quick. It has a message, but like I said with Samuel Beckett, I don't know if I'm missing something. I don't know if this belongs in as a. You know, I don't know if this story belongs in the vacuum or if this story is a piece to a larger puzzle if there's like uh, certain themes or whatever if he's I guess I know that he's kind of a kind of this maybe not nihilist but uh, you know what I mean he's one of the more yeah. famous I think him and like Celine and uh, I don't know whoever else are more in the famous like kind of nihilist or fatalist categories i'm not sure i don't remember but you know something a bit beyond camus something a bit beyond absurdism a little more like abstractism or something i don't know sure. but samuel beckett is one of the more famous i think kind of pseudo nihilistic authors i, I do know that and uh, i don't know if this if if this requires more context, this kind of dream state stories, if there are more like it, that sort of thing. Hmm. Yeah, no, I would be curious to, to evaluate this against the rest of his work. I almost hope that this is standalone, at least with those three, the three short stories that were released that we'll be, that we'll be digging into also. Um, just because yeah. if it if this is part of like a, a series, if if there's other information that can be derived from this work in terms of the actual narrative, not in theme and in structure, but in the narrative, that would be really disheartening. Um, in terms of okay. theme and structure, sure, yeah, I would like to know if these are themes that he yeah, yeah. returns to. If this is that's more be... what I'm referring to is right, right, yeah. Um, if this is going to be more of like a you know a Cronenberg style study on on uh, decay. And on uh, feeling, you know, trapped in your body, and uh, sure. you know, that sort of that sort of uh, phenomena. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. No, I think that'll be interesting. So, actually, we might as well just go ahead and say now then that that for next week we will be reading. Um, oh, geez, the expelled. Also, Samuel Beckett also found in the same collection. If people were able to get their hands on that um, that compendium, might have to drop a link for that in the show notes, but. Um, we will be going and digging into that. And, you know, unfortunately, you're not, Steve, you're not going to believe this. Now, wait, what? What's going on? I believe we're out of time for this week and we will no longer have an opportunity uh, to discuss David Foster Wallace's seminal classic, Eminent Just. Of course, there is always yeah. next week to discuss our analysis, our cultural critique, 
you know, the ways in which we right. relate to right. maybe the, maybe some of the parallels, you know, to modern sure. society as we, as we dig into uh, what is truly the ultimate postmodern and, and, uh, and, you know, new sincerity classic. Um, right. I, yeah. Let me just give a quick uh, apology to two people. And that is Skib, because I know Skib's going to be disappointed because Skib. Skib's reading, oh. he's, he's Skib, Skib's reading along to, to Infinite Jest and Skib's going, now, what the heck? They did it again. Well, we're sorry about that, Skib. We're doing our best here. We'll try and get onto it. Uh, ASAP, as soon as we possibly can. We'll, we're back on track. Don't you worry about it, Skib. But I know Skib's, you know, because Skib's, Skib's looking for help. Skib's taking it uh, as a class. Yes. And Skib's going, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this pod to get some insider info on Infinite Jest. Well, we're doing our best that we can, Skib. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. Uh, and my second apology is going to go out to Gustavo, and that is, uh, uh, Gustavo, thanks for listening, but I apologize for anything that my co-host says, and uh, on his behalf, I apologize. Just want to thank our sponsors today, and that's the Tom and Jerry movie from Warner Brothers. Want to thank Lockheed Martin. Want to thank the Helena Estate, or the, what was it? What was her name? Uh, wow, it's really messed up that you don't even remember someone who's willing to to take from their pocket five hundred fifty thousand dollars. Thank you so much to the Marine Hinckley Foundation, all rights reserved. The Hinckley Estate. The Hinckley thanks Estate. To, thanks. Thank you to the Hinckley Estate. Thank you to uh, Abner Abdeel, Doctor Abner Abdeel, Doctor Abner Abdeel, for all of his work. Uh, I want to thank Doctor Mohammed, Doctor Gustavo, uh, and Doctor. Doctor, Doctor uh, Skib. Yep. And who else? Emma, ah, yeah, Doctor Emily Money, Sweeney. Doctor David Money, Doctor Emily Sweeney, and Doctor David Del Monte. The man All himself. of our fans. And if you want your name to be uh, added to the to the closing statement or my closing statement of the week every week, uh, shoot us an email. Shoot us a like. Give it a give it a thumbs up. Give it a five star rating. Stick a comment in there. Uh, whatever you want to do, just make your name known. And guess what? I'll say it at the end. I don't even care. Um, I'll say I'll say any name. Steve will. That's right, everyone. Steve will say anything you put in an email to us. Uh, can't wait to see how that opportunity is really uh, utilized to its fullest potential. Just um, incredible. Everyone, be sure to email us at davidfosterwallaceandgrommet at gmail.com. Um, the next person to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, ideally a five-star review, uh, I will send, I will Venmo you $5, a crisp five spot. Uh, do not let this opportunity pass you by. Yes, we are 100% willing to pay you for that positive review. Do not sleep on this. Um, of course, that is money courtesy of the good people over at Warner Brothers. Go see the Tom and Jerry movie right now on HBO Max, uh, same day as theaters. Uh, you know I'm going to be going nuts for it again. Um, and of course, to Gustavo, uh, of course, you're not dead to us. You are welcome to join us uh, at the completion of Operation Greenland. There always, there's always going to be room in my compound uh, where we can uh, have all sorts of you know luxurious Brazilian treats and um, and other little South American luxuries. This is going to be sort of we're going to be going tropical mode. Um, you know, create sort of a microbiome for pineapple trees, coconut trees really go hog yeah. wild. Well, whereas Steve's is going to be sort of like the dark side of the moon, uh, right. uninviting, cold right. and unwelcome. So well, can't wait got, to hear. You've got tropical weather and you've also got the help of the Del Monte Food Corporation. Exactly. So. Yeah. Me and David Del Monte and Gustavo are going to be going uh, T-R-O-P-I-C-A-L mode. Uh, sure, and uh, sure. I'm going to be walking around in a mesh tank top with the Jamaican flag printed all over it. I'm going to be walking around in some plaid cargo shorts and some old Navy flip-flop sandals. And I'm going to be getting iry off these island vibes um thank you so much everyone listening uh really yeah. appreciate it be sure to shoot us a, a a review subscribe on itunes and spotify and uh we'll be back with you next week with the one more time the expelled by samuel beckett thanks everyone yeah hold on let me just give a really quick closing statement and that is thanks to warner brothers thanks to the tom and, tom and jerry film and Jared didn't want me to, he, does, he doesn't want me to tell you guys this, but I've got a little teaser for you guys, just, just so that you go over to hbo.com and check out the Tom and Jerry movie. See if you guys can recognize a couple of voices in that movie.
because I think there are a couple of voice actors that you two are, that you guys are going to recognize. I'm talking two voice actors mm-hmm. that maybe you guys listen to, I don't know, every week, maybe. Uh, I think you'll know who they are when you hear them. So mm-hmm. go ahead and check that out. We appreciate everything you guys do for the family. Bye now. <laughs>